Hello. In this episode, the dark and grimy face of Italian crime is exposed in Massimo Delamano's 1974 Giallo Pleziotesco hybrid, What Have They Done to Your Daughters, aka La Polizia Chiede Aiuto. John Deere is the tough cop assigned to the case, while I, Dave Thomas, am his very tired sidekick. This is Due Signori in Giallo. you say the case is resolved. It's not so. And you might at least have discussed it. I didn't want to involve you. And I suppose Pilia's statement will come from his coffin. You may have. <laughs> Cut you into little pieces like a <laughs> cut off your friend. Just tell me where he hit everything. <laughs> This is a film about a teenage prostitution ring, so in the course of our discussion, John and I talk about child sexual exploitation, sexualised violence, coercion, rape and graphic, and I mean graphic, descriptions of child sexual abuse. What have they done to your daughters um, was not what I was expecting. Broadly, as you've as, as as Virgil has led me through the journey, as we've been on so far, <laughs> descending the various cultural cantos of uh, of both taste and, <laughs> and, and lack and, of and problematic sexual politics and violence, I'd grown to think <laughs> I know what's going on, and I'd formed my own theories, whether they are true or not. At least there were there was some narrative that was making sense to me, and I've seen sort of what I think might be a, 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 um, a progression uh, from the origins in noir. You very well explained to me the the cultural context in how Jalo is viewed in Italy via and, yeah, via the social. Um, as, aspect of that, and we've had you know, so we've had that development, and yeah, you know, some diversions into you know when we're looking at rural factors, and you know how you know that that, that still plays into sort of the greater narratives about superstition and progression, and the the, the modernity that, that's that's often being fought when you come to such sort of primal evils as you know violence and fear. But I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, then I buggered the whole thing up. You buggered the whole thing up by basically showing me uh, a really, really early draft. Or, or Actually, the thing I called it was um, a pre-code Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> oh, that's, that, I like that. That's, um, yeah, if there, was no, if there was no code. Um, yes, if there were yeah. no standards and practices on American television. Then I got uh, a really, really 70s cop show. Mm-hmm. Um, and unhelped by the version I seen that was that was dubbed by very American actors. Yes, um, yeah. but with very Italian cars. So the car chase sequences were were different in context. <laughs> I mean, you've got a car literally the quarter of the size of a of a U.S. automobile. But nevertheless, mm. you've got a fairly linear, fairly muted in terms of its tone, mm. uh, in terms of its sort of palette rather than uh, but um, police procedural. So. My initial question is, what's going on with that? 
why are we watching something that doesn't seem to be a jello and specifically why did you choose this for our for our next adventure yeah uh so the kind of the golden period of the jello um started in 70 with crystal plumage and it really only lasted a couple of years now jelly carried on being made subsequently into the 80s um and here and there even sort of beyond that i mean there are still people trying to uh make them now but um including terry argento unfortunately uh but by 73 74 kind of that kind of period where you had a lot of really good ones coming out all on top of one, one on top of another which is the name of a jello um it's starting to it's starting to dry up and that you know the audiences are losing interest they're becoming more interested in other things and one of the things they were becoming interested in from kind of the late 60s onwards was um like the the italian cop movie or polizia tesco uh to give it its sort of uh more common terminology uh or euro crime movie and so essentially what those are they kind of come out they kind of start around 68 and they've been they've been italian crime movies obviously and gangster movies and things prior to that but in the wake of on the one hand stuff coming out of the states like dirty harry and coogan's bluff and those very grim you know sort of um violent cop movies that were yeah exactly coming coming out of that thing and it it is very much you know the might equals right you know one guy against the system the you know the city halls as bad as the criminals all of that stuff um societies in free fall all of the things that were that were being fed into those movies um and on the other hand in italy that's kind of what was really happening because you know you had political violence uh in bombings and and uh terrorist action you had uh organized crime violence you know it was kind of the the height of the era um of kind of political assassinations by the mafia who were killing like judges and prosecutors and things like this with with great impunity i read um, that the year before this the interior minister was killed by a uh, anarchist group Yes, honestly, yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's correct. So, and, and so that's kind of collectively what people refer to um, as the years of lead. So, all of oh, that. Inter- oh, I've heard that term simply meaning people are getting shot. Yes, exactly. In- interesting. Um, so, so that's then all kind of feeding into this um, this film movement, which is essentially you know gritty, violent um exploitation action films uh which are incredibly popular you know as the jelly are and kind of as the jelly's finding itself losing steam one of the things that filmmakers attempted to do um for a kind of a brief window is kind of cross cross pollinate the two and you know i mean you'd get jelly prior to this where you know there are those where the cops are completely useless or not even present um you get somewhere you've got some kind of police presence you know a bit like crystal plumage where you have a a fairly avuncular inspector who's you know prompting the amateur detective to solve the case so that he doesn't have to um and you know, occasionally you would get you know a, a, a cop who is the main character. But you, what you tend not to get is where the entire focus of the film is really a police investigation. And so, as I said, a few filmmakers in the mid, really just in the mid seventies, tried to kind of combine 
um, the two things, you know, to sort of prolong the life of the jello or just kind of do something interesting. Um, the reason I picked this one actually was, um, well, it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a Hail Mary pass, to be honest, because I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I know there's, you know, there are there are a handful and, you know, I think I've seen the majority of them. But I was trying to think of one that I thought would be good to do. And I kind of picked this one out really on the strength of the director's previous uh, Jello, which we'll, we'll touch on. But then when I watched it again, I was like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> Like I think this, you know, I I, I was impressed, reminded uh, of of quite how well made it is, and and while it's uh, a different experience if you're going in expecting kind of a, a typical Jello, which this isn't, mm. it did remind me like how good Massimo Delamano was at doing this kind of stuff because he he kind of taken the Barva route and started out as a cinematographer. Uh, very successfully so he was the cinematographer for um, the first two films in the Dollars trilogy then he moved into directing um, made some pretty interesting films and he's got a real kind of visual flair and you know the way he kind of composes shots and things you know you can kind of see that cinematographer's eye in a lot of the stuff that he's doing Um, that's not to say there aren't exploitative and prurient elements in probably most of his films but then that's kind of what we're here for um (laughs) well there's a a podcast yeah exactly there's a reason it's it's heard over as well just before we we we, we concentrate a bit more on on the director Mm. what was the the broad reasons that that jally was falling out of favor because it seems like that's a, a fairly short space of space of time Yet its legacy uh, and mm. its inf- f- infamy, or, or its mm. famed, if you're going to be very generous, um, is is long lasting. So, yep. so, so, why over such a short period of time suddenly are people getting bored with with, with what is being what we're understanding as the term jello? Uh, I suspect it's primarily just because there were so bloody many of them. Um, right, okay. You know, between kind of seventy, seventy two, seventy three. I mean. Fine, okay, yeah. There must have. Oh gosh! I mean, if if you were to kind of glance down my spreadsheet of you know DVDs and <laughs> whatnot, uh, and just look at the jelly, I mean, like the vast majority of them probably come from that period, and they range in quality um, sure, vastly. Okay. I mean, we, we you know we've picked out some some pretty fantastic ones, um, but there is some very indifferent stuff and some total tripe. Uh, and I think, yeah, just the the sheer volume. Yeah, I, pro- I probably haven't uh, appreciated the qu- the quantity of stuff mm. that's come out in the time period that we've watched. I suppose it's a bit like, uh, although I'm, as you know, a, a, a generally a, a fan of of archive television, particularly particularly from the seventies. But it's like being told by some boomer bore that TV was much better and then listing five or six things that they really liked and I was saying yeah but 90% of it was still shit there's just, yes. just the stuff we remember this is the stuff that endures yes for every play for today there is an on the buses and for every on the buses there's a that's your funeral you know um. <laughs> there is a few there are a few com- um uh, TV programs that will surprise me for getting a mention uh, in the podcast. That it's your funeral. It's definitely, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely one of them. Uh, yeah. So, 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 well done there. Okay, so the so the director has 
um, a background in Jalo, though, doesn't he? You said you you'd favoured one of his Jalos before this. Yeah, well, it, actually, he made so he I think sixty seven or thereabouts. He made he directed his first film, which was a, a spaghetti western, as, right. uh, <laughs> as many people's mm-hmm. were at that point. Uh, yeah, sixty seven, and then yeah, he made some really interesting films in the kind of late 60s early 70s so he made um a a kind of a loose adaptation of venus in furs in 69 uh he made a really fascinating sort of modern dress stab at uh dorian gray in 1970 with with helmut berger and um oh gosh uh is it richard todd good god really I th- yeah, I think so. I'm gonna, sorry, I'm just going to pause and look that up because I don't want to cop that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely Helmut Berger looking very pretty, like wearing a sort of kipper tie and no shirt. Yeah, Dorian Gray, you're right. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, actually. I quite I, I would recommend that. He actually shot a, a few films in the UK around that time. Um, yeah, Herbert Lom's in that as well. Herbert Lom's, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he, he sort of around kind of, Kingston on Thames and, and Richmond and places like that, which is quite fun because that's where my wife is from. So you recognise a lot of you know, bits of the Thames path you're quite familiar with. And oh, is that the Victoria line? Um, he, he directed an absolutely bonkers um, Polizia Tesco in 73, um, which masquerades under various titles. The Italian title is Could Anyone Be More of a Bastard Than Inspector Cliff? Um, which 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 stars our buddy uh, Ivan Rasimov as a corrupt cop um, who's on sort of secondment to solve a crime in London. It's got Stephanie Beecham in, which is why when it got V8 re-released on VHS in the eighties, it got the title got changed to Super Bitch because um, Joan Collins was you know they were just her and Beecham were both big in Dynasty at the time yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the bitch had just come out on VHS and been like a huge success you know the Joan Collins Jackie Collins thing um, so clearly the, the people who own the rights to that were like what have we got with Stephanie Beecham in the shower right like call it super bitch and get it out which I believe <laughs> which I believe is the only Italian crime film that's got Patricia Hayes in it Patricia Hayes yep Bootsy and Snudge Patricia Hayes Mrs. Cravat. Mrs. Cravat. In, in Hancock's half hour. Correct. Fucking yes. hell. I as a uh, as a Turkish uh, drug drug baron. Or, it's amazing. Ed, Edna the inebriate woman in a, <laughs> in a in a very, very powerful play for today. Yeah. Uh, but bloody hell, yes, I wasn't oh you could have said a lot of a lot of British <laughs> character actors to me during this and I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> but I wasn't expecting Patricia Hayes. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he he's got he's got one of the most fascinating filmographies actually of uh, of of any Italian director really just for the people who's in them because he he made a, one of the kind of early you know sexy Jello in 1968 I think called A Black Veil for Lisa which has John Mills in it which is very good very kind of Hitchcockian sort of strangers on a train dilemma for murder kind of thing um, with John Mills playing a, a corrupt, another corrupt cop who's just an utter bastard. Um, who's trying to get someone to kill his wife. But the the, the one that I guess Jallo fans probably fixate on the most is the, the film that he made previous to this one, which is called What Have You Done to Solange? Um, which is another one set in London and is around, uh, oh look, a uh, teenage, well it's not a teenage prostitution ring, it's a teenage sex ring. So it's girls in a, in a sort of sixth form college, which is quite clearly and crucially 
stated several times so that it can get quite a lot of nudity and shower scenes and things into it. Um, where and it, it's sort of the, the girls are in a you know a club um, where they're kind of doing the thing of wearing like a pin if they've had sex. So it's a bit like the yellow teddy bears, like the Robert Hartford Davis mm-hmm. um, sort of social realist exploitation thing from from the 60s sort of in that kind of vein and someone starts killing the, the girls at the school um in a in a very torrid and uh, unpleasant manner uh and but it you know for for what it is it's it's well done um i'm, I'm quite a big big fan of that movie it has it, it certainly has its detractors and with good reason um but uh, it has fabio testi and a lot of very amazing chunky cardigans so um fabio testi uh, does if you don't speak Italian, does sound like a translation of an Italian porn star name. I mean, he he. If you were to, were to look at Fabio Testi and say what does he do, then porn star would not be a million miles away because he's okay. he's he's carved out of beef. He's... I was just imagining his name sounds like amazing bollocks. Like, you know, like <laughs> I that was... yeah, I, I'm I'm. I, I mean, I can't speak from experience, but I would not be surprised. Um. Yeah, and then so he came to this a couple of years later, and he was kind of creating this, I guess, what's become known as the uh, Schoolgirls in Peril trilogy, uh, which I'll probably come sort of circle back to once we've kind of talked about the film a bit. Okay. Um, But yeah, certainly, what have you, what have they done to your daughters? Is a fascinating follow-up to the previous one because. They're quite deliberately talking about, in this case, a, a prostitution ring rather than just um, teenagers having sex. And they're very specific in the age of the victims is like sort of 15, 16. So they're very deliberately meant to be underage. So what that means is they kind of pull back on the, the nudity and the actual sex with good reason. And there, I think there is like one kind of brief nude scene in there and the actress playing the schoolgirl is is not underage the actress is you know older but playing younger that's a bit um, that's a bit gratuitous that scene she's undressing while having a row with her mum yes yeah that's um and then, then there's like sort of surveillance photos and things of her naked as well but you know it's it's yeah less uh it's less obvious and it's also less um it certainly seems to have been done less for kind of titillation and shock value, or, or sort of more for shock value and less for titillation than than the previous movie. But but the the nature of what they're talking about, and they do go to great lengths to describe what's happened to the victims, uh, means yeah. it's sort of it's it's less it's less overt, but it's more sordid, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's there's the bit where they're describing. Um the rape of one of the girls and they're describing all the orifices they've found semen in. And then it's really mm. that the killer is impotent. Uh, and they said, well, how does that work then? And mm. they said, well, like, like he used like a, he used a vial. Like, mm. What? What? That's, <laughs> that, that's what to just pour semen into them. I mean, that's, Jesus, um, that's, I think that is that, I think that's possibly two different. Oh, is it? Okay. Anyway, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yes, Sorry, as, I'll, I'll as t- you I'll say, take more detailed notes. It does, it so. does, it does slightly, as you say, as you kind of allude to, it almost blurs into one a little bit. Sort of like, what horrible thing has happened now? Um, well, if so, if, you, if you've got, say, I don't know, Salo or an audio description, <laughs> 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 I 
I've, wow, I've that'd never, be amazing. I've never tried to watch it and have an audio subtitle. Just because I want a really, really bland female voice. A man voice is to, eating poo. Shit, yes. <laughs> he smiles. He is now scalping a child. Another man is masturbating nearby. Um, <laughs> there is poo in his teeth. Oh, God, yeah. I'm having flashbacks to that. Why are we... <laughs> Christ. Uh, so, uh, the... But in that vein, um, mm. the film opens and closes with a this is a stark warning. Now, how cynical yes. am I being there with saying, is that is that having their cake and eating it? Or is that a th- is child corruption in with what's going on in Italy in the mid-70s a, a, a genuine fear? I suspect a little of both, that there is definitely cake having and eating uh going on um i would like to think that there is at least a certain amount of good intention behind the warnings because i suppose what you know as we've talked about the different um you know the the, the audiences that these played to which would tended to be you know sort of working class folks you yeah. know in the cinema on a night out yeah. um in a conservative catholic country uh, not the cinema, notwithstanding. Um, if you were very cynical, you could say, "Well, this means we can get away with showing you the shit that we're going to." But yeah, I mean, you know, hope, it would be nice to think that they had some genuine intention behind behind the warnings, because it's not really. I mean, you know, if if you watch the films from a you know purely like you enjoy the exploitative aspects, mm. and you know, I've got to be honest. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm a trash movie buff so you know it's like you know you watch one that sort of turns out to be very chaste and without much gore and few killings and you know no shower scenes and you're like oh but but you know it's like that wasn't fun but at the same time this is not your therapy dave this is this is this is (laughs) isn't it oh crap (laughs) (laughs) actually what am i talking about it's a podcast white men white men's therapy is doing their own podcasts exactly (laughs) um yeah but you know, this this is one that's kind of hard to watch and be like, whoa. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It, it's a... it's it's really not like even even putting aside how, how deliberately problematic <laughs> the filmmakers make that for you. Um, yeah, the, it's just it, the the tone is is so kind of relentlessly downbeat. It, you know, it's not it's not a fun movie. It's it's a very good movie personally, but it's not you know like a barrel of laughs and. You know, it also, it's also like one of the things with exploitation movies is you can kind of just absorb them, you know, kind of let them, you know, wash over you. Like there's not really that much that you have to pay too close attention to necessarily. And as we talked about again with like the, you know, the way Jalo audiences worked, you know, just throw something shocking on the screen every 10, 15 minutes because people aren't paying any attention to the yeah. movie. You really have to pay attention to this, yeah, to figure out what the fuck's going on. And not, and they seem to. I mean, a nice. I don't know really how the the script and the the uh, the the pacing went, but they switch out the the leading who you think is the leading man, sort of yeah. t- takes a back seat after like fifteen minutes. Indeed, and, and our actual leading man leading man comes in, mm. uh, and then they bring they bring that other guy back as a as a touchstone because he has mm. he has a fifteen year old daughter, and thus that's the only way we can convince people that raping fifteen year old girls is bad. Oh wait, I've got a fifteen year old girl. I'm now thinking because <laughs> I, I I'm incapable of empathy unless it's affecting me emo- directly emotionally. 
Mm. But yeah, there's you, there's a lot of characters that often turn mm. up for only one or two scenes because this quite linear police procedural just moves through the suspects and yep. each suspect acts the plot along. Mm. And then you have, uh, I mean, the the ki- the killer is less a killer, more a MacGuffin. It's just a, mm. it's just a reason for. So they're introduced almost casually, but you never know who they are. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is on the one when I first saw it, I thought it was disconcertingly um, casual, and I mm. thought, is that gonna is that gonna detract? And then within a couple of scenes, it doesn't it doesn't matter who the killer is. The problem, the, the issue is what they're what they're covering, uh, yep. which surprised me because that wasn't seeded as early as I would have expected it to be. To when yep. they start talking later about the. The sort of city hall corruption, uh, mm. which is in the seventies, um, and I found that I've, I, this is yeah, as you, as you say, this is something that has to be this is that has to be concentrated on to yeah. a far to a to a far greater extent. And as I said earlier, the pale nature, the sort of subdued tones. Mm. I mean, it, this isn't a stage where you can do as much with you know with grading as you as as, mm. as, as you can now. But this stands out as very very. Um, well, I've just said it muted. Mm. Uh, given that's that that vibrant colour is one of the the big takeaways I've had with 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 yellow so far. Obviously, mm. not the, 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 the not the black and white ones. That was one of the that was one of the biggest. Uh, and the other was um, the second lead is a woman, which isn't surprising in itself, mm. but she's the. Assistant District Attorney, which again is a, a nod to the Americans, mm. it doesn't really, it doesn't something that in, in Britain doesn't really mean anything, but nevertheless is a is a friendly senior official um, mm. investigating investigating a crime, and yet, despite the fact that she that there's scenes halfway through showing her fucking up dinner, which potentially says because she has agency, she's a crap housewife, and that's not good, guys, and there's mild bit of flirting with mm. with the, with with the lead guy. Obstensively, she's not a sex object at any point during no. this dur- during this film. And I was like, bloody hell! No, not at all. And I, I wonder as well because the actress who is playing uh, the assistant DA, who is Giovanna Rally. I thought it was I thought it was sorry. I thought it, you can say it again. I thought it was Edward Fenwick when she Edward Fenwick when she first walked in. She has very similar eyes. I thought. Mm, yeah, she's yeah, she's very striking. She's because yeah. she, she actually didn't do a lot of uh, kind of genre exploitation stuff she was a much more credible i suppose uh if you like uh actress and had worked with you know had had won even by this point had had kind of won awards and you know worked with all of you know the great she'd worked with you know fellini and um rossellini and she isn't going to do the she isn't going to ask basically a minor for a lemonade with a tits out is, is what you're <laughs> Pre- precisely yeah. uh well hey i mean if if antonio only asked you maybe you would um <laughs> and and mario adolf who plays the uh, the first police officer um commissioner valentini i mean he'd been in sort of everything with everyone and had done a bit of jello but he was another sort of very creditable credible actor and i kind of wonder actually if folks like that would have been interested in this had it been done in a more exploitative manner because you know there are movies you know as i kind of alluded to earlier though that there's a reasonable number of movies that kind of focus on teenage sex and teenage prostitution rackets in fact one of the other movies that i almost threw in 
rather than this one is there's a there's a movie from a year after this called suspicious death of a minor which has a very similar plot um stars claudio casinelli uh, basically playing the same character of like the you know two-fisted beat down damn the rules cop um and you know sort of it is remarkably similar to this movie the reason i didn't is because it's a sergio martino film and we we'd kind of already done sergio martino so i was like well actually you know it'd be more interesting to do and i think this is sort of a slightly more well-known movie than that one but yeah i mean there there, there is literally an italian film called the teenage prostitution racket so you know right. it, um <laughs> was, we know we're gonna get boys yes th- there is definitely something in the uh something in the ether um around around that time now again because we were chatting i forget which episode it was but that this i think it was when we were talking about don't talk to your duckling this kind of attitude to sex in italy where sort of as long as you kind of get it out of your system by the time you become an adult it's not really sort of worried too much about so i wonder if there's some kind of societal pushback against that and it's like well if you don't worry about it look you're daughters are going off and being prostituted to you know the members of government and things like that so mm. you know maybe that's feeding into it as well but uh yeah what was the question <laughs> it was initially talking about the agency that mm. oh yes the, sorry the central female character <laughs> that, has that took a turn but, but, but you i'm but very you, tired you that's okay <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a really striking performance, and and actually, apart from a couple of times right at the beginning, but it's never really stressed. So when when um they find sort of really the the first shot proper of the movie after the credits mm. is when they find the the victim that kind of starts the the plot unfolding, and uh, Valentini Mario Idorf's uh, cop who appears and then disappears for much of the running time. Um, and then, you know, they do the thing where, where she comes in and, you know, they, you know, the Roger Moore, you know, a woman, um, mm. but it's, it's kind of dispatched, like it's kind of dispatched immediately. Like he's kind of like, okay, fine. And then they do it again when Inspector Silvestri, Claudio Casanelli's character comes in and, but again, he's sort of seem you know he i think he says something like um well tell him to shut up or tell him not to move or something because he's watching someone out of the window it's just that he hasn't turned around and of course he's assumed it's a man but then when he sees it's a woman he's again sort of fairly fine about it except for there's a you know a couple of slightly odd moments when they're watching uh i, I think it's when they're looking at sort of the there's a there's a uh peeping tom photographer who doesn't appear to figure in the plot but then it turns out he does later on and they're looking at the photos of this the, the girl um who's been photographed in a tryst with her boyfriend and again it's this at this point it's not kind of part of the unfolding crime of the prostitution ring it's just her and her boyfriend used to go to this attic to have you know escape her parents um and she he says something like uh did you used to do that when you were that age which you know would get you a stern telling off from HR these days, um, and rightly so. But yeah, this is, she has sort of a slightly does weird it, reaction. D- does it, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I'm told <laughs> your HR policies might be different from mine. Yeah, because the obvious answer is, well, didn't you? Um, yeah, is, yeah, but it's yes, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah, yes, and of course, you know, because the observation is, you know, well, it's different if it's a girl doing it, you know, and that's kind of the crux of the film really indeed Um, which has an obvious limitation um but no one ever seems to comment Um, indeed it's fine for men to do it 
well, who are they doing it with then? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, and um, I mean, it, it's an unfortunate uh, echo of the period that it is a bit like they, they don't quite come out and say they were asking for it, but, you know, it's that, it's of that era, right? It's, you know. Is the point the, possibly, possibly of um, the assistant is it story um her her name this is a da story or something uh, anyway. uh, vittoria story yes okay um is it part of her character to to sort of emphasize the fact that we are treating the girls as victims because yes once, i think it is yeah because once you go into the realm of their sex workers mm. uh, which for some people, as it should, should re-emphasise their nature as victims. If you're a sex worker at 15, yep. you're, you're, you're being abused. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the potential to go, well, they're asking for it, what do you expect? Mm. Um, and the the casting of, uh, well, not the casting, the character of, 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 of story can sort of ground that, that it isn't just a load of men being mm. very judgmental on some, something with, with as negative as their hypocrisy uh, yeah. and you have a and you, and you have a, a if you like a woman on the inside mm. yeah and I, I think that that's as, as you were kind of talking about bringing back valentini and his daughter who they set up right at the beginning and then yeah don't then then they kind of pay off um yeah because i was when, thinking ages hey, why has he been written out what's the point of bringing that character in yes yeah, sure. just why not just start with uh Silvestri, isn't it? The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the main guy, and it's because uh, Valentini's daughter is involved as well. And that's a nice, mm. and that was a genuinely interesting callback. Uh, mm. I, I, I but I, but as you say, it's kind of you know that the, the cops are very kind of blasé about it, and sort of quite you know everyone's you know jaded about the nature of the crimes, and you know everything's going yeah. to hell. And, and, and hate, as you and hate lawyers and things, you know. They, yes, absolutely. They, they let them go, yeah. Yeah, and as you say, the fact that then they have like you know Valentini's daughter is the victim. It's like, oh well, now we have to empathise because you know we're the victims of crime. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to empathise without having familial blood. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just because someone else's for fifteen year old daughter's been been yeah. been, been horribly murdered, that's as bad. Um, but anyway, you can't have everything, can you? No, indeed. <laughs> um, Who's the guy playing um, Silvestri? What's he? What's he done before? Because he, uh, so he looks a bit like Marlon Brando from some angles. Yeah, Claudio Castellini. He um, he had a bit of a line in this kind of movie. As I said, you know, he he's the lead in um, Suspicious Death of a Minor, playing very much the the same kind of part. Yeah, you know, he's he's a commissioner in Killer Cop. He's the I think he's a cop in Freehand for a Tough Cop. Um, <laughs> He uh, he actually worked with Sergio Martino quite a bit. Um, so and, and in fact, unfortunately, he, he was uh, killed uh, in an untimely manner in a, a helicopter accident on a film that Sergio Martino was making in the US, which is oh, a not Jesus. very good kind of Terminator knockoff called Hands of Steel, which um, is not like you know a tragedy for anyone's last film. But he did a lot of adventure movies with Sergio Martino, like Island of the Fishmen and. Great Alligator River and he Martino's one kind of cannibal Italian cannibal movie, Mountain of the Cannibal God, which is a little, you know, 
uh, distasteful as all of those movies are. Um, but he also played Hercules in Luigi Cosi's um, Hercules movies with Lou Ferrigno. Uh, sorry, he played Zeus, I should say, in Luigi Cosi's Hercules movies with Lou Ferrigno, which are, if you know, if folks haven't seen those, they are terrible and very enjoyable. Um, so <laughs> definitely seek those out. He, I mean, he played other things too. He wasn't necessarily always the Carbonieri who's, you know, taking no prisoners. And I mean, and that's just an archetype of... of the Policia Tesco. I mean, you know, there were there were guys who specialised basically in that. You know, Franco Nero basically transitioned from doing spaghetti westerns to doing essentially Polizia Tesco movies, playing much. You know, taciturn guys who you know would sort of beat the beat the clues out of the suspects as much as you know um, interrogate them. Mm. Um, and then you had guys like uh, well, Maurizio Merli was basically Franco Nero's. Mexican non-union equivalent and then you had people like Antonio Sabato and you get a lot of um, western actors probably crossed over into the Polizia Tesco even more than the Jallo because I guess they tended to be a bit more exportable because they were crime films not like some weird you know thriller horror thing um, so, so they you had know, more of a life outside of yeah exactly so you get you know John Saxon did a ton of them like Telly Savalas Telly Savalas did Horror Express he did I was just like, he doesn't mm. always do these things he does, does weird shit as well. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, uh, Charles Bronson's in one of like the, the a particularly noteworthy early one called Violent City. Roger Moore is in one, would you believe? Wow. Speaking, yeah, the, the, the Sicilian cross, which goes to great pains to explain that Roger Moore is half Italian, which is why he's a mafia conciliary. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not bad. It's not great, but it's got Roger Moore in it. So, I mean, hey. obviously, I watched it. You know, um, yeah, Roger Moore and Stacey Keach in San Francisco, but it's a Italian mafia movie. It, you know, you go with it. Um, I, 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 I will, and indeed, one day I hope to. <laughs> one of the things you mentioned about this movie is kind of how late in the plot it kind of introduces the idea that well, the real criminals are kind of high up in government and yeah. Um, uh, and society and thus are untouchable, uh, which then, you know, kind of proves to be true because the only person that they ultimately capture, well, kill, um, is is really the, the, the button man, the guy who's been sort of sent to kill everyone off. Um, and the real criminals are still out there. And I guess, I mean, that's very much a... It's just like Line of Duty, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, which is very much a Poliskia Tesco trait. So I think oh, really? if you're an okay, yeah. So if you're an Italian audience watching this, you're probably just wondering when that's going to turn up. Ah, uh, um, okay. okay. So that, that so, explains why it's introduced so late. That's yeah. Just, uh, that's, I mean, it's literally like that's ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, it, it is. Okay. I was thinking this isn't earned. You need mm. to you need to have seeded this far far sooner. But you're saying this is just more of a trope in Italy, in Italy at that time than I yeah. So than so I appreciate it. A typical audience member at that point is probably going. You know, they have the scene with the commissioner of police mm, who says, yeah. "Yeah, you, you know, just go and catch that guy." And everyone in the audience is like, "Oh, I was wondering when that was going to happen." Um, mm. Yeah. The other thing that this has uh, a reasonably good example of, which is another Polizia Tesco mainstay, is a car chase, uh, which you don't tend to get in Jello. No, uh, and a bike chase. As- car bike yes. chase yeah and there's a nice sliding screeching into mm. in, into narrow alleyways because you know italy is quite interesting for that whereas yeah. on massive freeways for for, for the u.s exactly you've, you've got some interesting sort of ang- literally angles to sort of go down We're like we'll, we'll cut him off and suddenly there's almost like a right angle down a tiny alleyway and it's yeah, yeah it's which you can't do in really like well a done. yeah sort of a crown vic but you can do in a cinquecento yeah um yeah, yeah. 
It does. Yeah. It does have a different feel, though, with, when they're doing it in in Cinquecentos, as you say. Rather, yes. kind of, it yeah. has the the look of it. It's it's not. I mean, not to disparage it. It's it's really well done. Mm. Um, but the you can see it's done. I think or it's at least dubbed with an air. There's like huge screeching brakes and little turns. Mm. Like you know, the pitch of that of that engine would probably be slightly higher. Um, it's not. <laughs> yes. It's not. A Do- it's not a Dodge Challenger. Um, but 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 nevertheless, within like you know, there's it feels a bit more. Uh, it feels a bit more dangerous because you know they're doing this through through mm. you know a, a, a medieval city essentially they're yeah. doing it through a non zero country and you know Italian drivers getting in people's way because you're trying to cut up an Alfa Romeo. Well, and um, and also dangerous because those were generally shot without any. Yeah, um, I, I wondered. Did you close the streets? No, I'm no, no, no. They did not, including no. the bit where he does like cut up an Alfa Romeo, and I'm thinking, yep. I'm fairly sure that's not a stunt driver in the Alfa. Yeah, there's, Romeo. there's a there's a great moment. <laughs> When they're kind of weaving in and out of traffic on the sort of slightly larger road, the kind of motorway, yeah. and you can actually see folks on the side of the road looking at the camera, wondering what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, which I guess they would be anyway, because there's a car chase happening. But it is quite distinct. There is a bit. Yeah. I think when in, when they go through like uh, um, a Palizia, and it, there's like a person like looks around. I'm so, I'm fairly sure that's a member of the public looking at the camera, but yep. it gets away because if it's it, you can just say it's a member of the public looking at looking at a police car flying through. Yeah. Uh, after a car, you'd you'd have a look. So I think I think exactly. it works. I'm not condoning the lack of um the lack of the lack of risk assessment that took place potentially on that, <laughs> on that oh. but it's uh, but the, yeah it, it adds it adds a new dimension that we, we've not covered before yeah um, these are, this is actually a fairly tame one i mean the, some of the umberto lenzi polizia tesco chase scenes are kind of infamous in their level of wow i can't believe you didn't kill anyone interesting uh. <laughs> i noticed the the film in italy isn't isn't called um, what have they done to your daughters? Now no. it's called uh, the police call for help or cry for help, depending on how it, how it translates. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, now, was um, what have they done to Solange called that in in Italy? Because this clearly has been this has been done. Actually, I was going to say like like Return of the Living Dead, but it's the same director, so that would be that would be unfair. But it's clearly been done to um, to connect it to an, an early successful film. Yeah, so Solange actually was called What Have You Done to Solange in right. Italian. Casa avete fatto o Solange. Um, so, but, so this would have only been retitled for an international audience. Yes. So, so to connect, so it didn't matter about connecting it to an, to an Italian audience. It mattered to connecting it to potentially for international sales if Solange was was successful or not? Probably, yes. Yeah, which it was, yeah. I, I, I guess, because I can't really see the, the audiences of like in 74 i mean this didn't come out in the states till 77 so there was a big old gap there and it probably came out under some entirely different title anyway um so yeah i wonder if it was potentially more for kind of the international distributors to make the connection necessarily rather than audiences even though thematically they are very similar but then you know we can kind of you know, take one Blu-ray out, pop the next one in these days, mm. and you know, you're going to pick up on all of these things. Which it has got to be three years later. That yeah, which was which was neither really the interest from the audience or, or really the intent of the filmmakers, I don't think. Um, although clearly, you know, Delamano was you know had had this theme of of schoolgirls in peril that he was uh, mining because he was working on a another film. M- minoring. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah he's working on a, a, a another sort of a, a, a film that would sort of continue the the theme if not 
specifically the story after this one. Um, and he was unfortunately killed in a car accident. So when, when that finally came out in 78, uh, on a few different titles, um, Red Rings of Fear or Rings of Fear or Enigma Rosso or whatever you want to call it, but with a, mu- a much lesser director in Alberto Negrin, um, which, and it basically the, the ultimate mi- sort of result. And, you know, there are many other credited writers on it. So I think whatever he done they kind of took and it mutated significantly because that didn't come out till like four years later so um and that's a much trashier movie that basically takes the plot of solange and the plot of this and kind of puts them together and you know throws in Mm. way more shower scenes and um fabio testi again in yet more chunky sweaters um so that one you know i mean you can enjoy it on a certain level if you like crappy movies like i do but it's probably not one that I'm tempted to make you watch. It's certainly nothing, you know. It do, it doesn't have any sort of like anything like the the artistry of 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 this. I use that term advisedly, but actually, I mean, I think some of the the, the way this is shot, I think, is is really no. It's it's really it's really, it's really well made. It's really atmospheric. Um, the underground car park sequences are really really good. Yes, mm. you you can uh, you can laugh at the slightly comic book cleavering of some of the of the policemen's hand off but that's no worse than you've seen in plenty of other things yeah uh, and it get and it gets it, it i think it gives it more um mm. it gives it it gives it more leeway because it plays everything else uh, so, so straight and i think it possibly helps that you're dealing not only i know there's no often there isn't really supernatural stuff in 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 um in shallow anyway but mm. you're dealing with something so grim all the way, all the way through, without even any slightly outlandish or uh, ostentatious nature, as you would do in something like Blood on Black Lace. Mm. This is this is as grim as it gets, and it's played and it's played for that, and it's mm. shot like that, and it and and it and it and it, and it works on it, mm. on it in, in its in, it, in its own terms. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, the, right from the beginning, there's a shot really early on where, yeah, where sort of Valentini and Story are kind of in, having their kind of initial conversation when they think that the first victim is a suicide, and then it transpires that that it's not. Um, and the way that the, the, the beautiful widescreen um, technoscope shot of the two of them having a conversation, shot from above, and the the victim's head is just kind of encroaching into the shot from one side so they're literally under the gaze of the victim as they're kind of discussing and actually kind yeah, of dismissing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know this this oh it's a tragedy but what are you going to do kids kill themselves all the time the um, pov is of the is of the body yeah, yeah and I, I, think that's, I think that's really terrific yeah, it, it is there's something like this that i thought you know if you look like i don't know the offense mm. there's it's the, the the style is not is not dissimilar it's saying different things and it's going about it in a different way yeah. but it's but it has a similar tone and mm. it has a, and it has a, 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 a similar view i mean bracknell is certainly not a, a medieval italian, italian, <laughs> italian but but you see the um you see the similar beats through mm. through, through throughout and you see the jaded cynicism uh, mm. and of not only of um of of any individual not just the police but the the wider context of seventies uh, showing Western civilization potentially on the, if not on the point of collapse, then mm. then corrupted from the inside. Yeah, and by and large, I mean there there is one there's one moment that makes me laugh because so um, the initial victim when she's uh, identified 
and her parents come in to um, sort of identify the body. Uh, one of her, her dad of who is played by the American actor Fardy Granger, who is fairly active in European movies at this time. Um, so direct link to Hitchcock there. Um, mm. And one of the tropes that you find, and it, it's not just Jally, in fact, they're, they're possibly not even the worst culprit for this, but whenever you have like a identifying a corpse or something or, or you know, the, the, the witness is being interviewed in like full view of the dismembered body and that kind of thing, um, which, no, that, that's not, that doesn't happen. Um, so they, they actually do like that very tasteful and very plausible thing of the, the body is in a room and they just kind of open the blind for a second so they can see. And you think, I actually thought, oh, gosh, that's, you know, that's remarkably, that seems like remarkably authentic and actually quite well thought out. And then they completely blow it later when there's a, a, a victim who's a PI that the parents have hired um, to find out what's happened, who's been literally hacked to pieces. And they get his wife to identify the oh, body yeah. and they literally just pull the sheet off. <laughs> well, no, they, and give he's in... they, they give her a chance. <laughs> yes, they, they like, do. You only, need to look, you only need to look at the face. No, I want to see what happened to that bastard. Are you sure you really want to see what happened? <laughs> yeah, I want to see what happened to that bastard. Okay, here's the 17 bits of his body. <laughs> Like, yeah. I fucking told you. See, there's no point crying now, is there? I gave yeah. you a fair warning. And it's like, yeah. do you know what? It, you probably shouldn't have. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's a bit of a, a sort of nasty kind of black humour because they've they've established that, you know, she's kind of a cow and, you know, that therefore she's not deserving of sympathy and treated sort of slightly comedically in the in the nature of these, these there's, things. There's that grim throwaway lines. Yeah, he was. We can tell by the muscle contraction of blood loss that he was conscious when they started. Oh yeah. fucking hell! Really? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot oh, of that. They pick up the torso, which they shoot from below, and it's like, what exactly am I looking at? Oh, it's something with a with a, with a cock and a pair of bollocks hanging at the bottom of it. That's, oh Jesus! That's yeah. And in all and we. Whenever you get those sort of gratuitous, you know, shots of, mm. of dead women, like this is mm. there's a nice there's a nice bit of payback there. We've got, yes. we've got, so we've got a sad little pair of nuts sucking from this from, from this lump of flesh that's being yeah. made. Oh, lovely. Yes, interestingly, the victims in this, apart from there's there's one. Uh, there's one character who uh, appears does appear to have taken his own life, who's kind of lying in a bath, having sort of slashed his wrist. But every, all the other victims are basically not terribly convincing prosthetics. And the I think the only killing on screen is the guys you said in the uh, uh, in the parking garage. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Everything else is then pursuing it. So it is you know it, it's not doing the the jello thing, and certainly not doing the thing that uh, what have you done to Solange did, which is you know. Here are the killings, you know, sexy child murders, you know, as, as Tina Fey once put it uh, when talking about CSI. Yeah, so so it's it's doing something interesting. I mean, I I, I hadn't seen it for a while, and I, as I said, I'd kind of thrown it in like, oh, I I need an example of of the Polizia Tesco Jello crossover, and death occurred last night. Is you know, the shadows in an empty room. That's not that good. It's got Stuart. You know, it's sort of we've we've done. You know, we've done Sergio Martino. You know, we've like a lot of the examples. Kind of was like, nah, well, let's do this one. And watching it back again, I was I was pleasantly surprised with how enjoyable uh, I found it. I think possibly it, it rewards sort of a second viewing more than the first one because, as you say, the first time you just kind of like, oh, is that it? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Very much so. Just because simply, I was I was conditioned in a certain way of where mm. we were going, and was just like, this is not what I expected. Where's Where's yeah? 
where's the American tourist who's going to solve it all? Yeah, um, and and the big reveal where they they take down you know the the people ultimately responsible, which yeah. in the Jello I think you would very much have had, there, even there, if there'd have been some decent gory deaths. Yeah, the there would there would be some kind of retribution, even yeah. if it's not legal retribution. Yeah, it's it, it's more cerebral, but it's uh, and in some ways less less. Uh, I was going to say less enjoyable, no less. Um, engaging in in the way that i've engaged in this previously but i think on a second viewing i'd sort of come to terms with i'm watching mm. something very different and i'm going into into it with a different yeah with a different mindset i did that it, i did that with gothic i remember the first time i watched gothic i just thought what the fuck was that, that was awful <laughs> and then oh uh, about it ken, then ken went, russell's yeah sorry, oh right and then went back to it a second time and goes i'm just going to, i'm going to let this wash over me a bit yeah and enjoyed it far more the second time so yes mm. I think you're right. There's something definitely taken for like I'm reading, but this was this was very interesting. And is this indicative of where of where we're going with Jello or, or not? Not really, um, because <laughs> because the 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 sort of crossover between the genres didn't particularly last, and the, the Jello, such as it is, becomes a bit more a bit more low rent for the most part. Uh, somewhat more, you know, it goes in kind of a couple of directions. It either gets sort of seedier and more unpleasant or more ridiculous, um, both of which can, you know, have their entertainment value. Or, uh, and and the kind of Polizia Tesco didn't really last beyond the 70s. So, you know, kind of by 1980, it kind of really phased out. So the Jello, ultimately, such as it was, outlived it. So, you know, we have a, we have a couple more stops to make. One of which is amazing. One of which is pretty fun, and then the last one. Well, I'll, I'll be curious to see what you think. This is this is an, a curious st- stopping off point, but yeah, I think we are going to be back in the realm of razor wielding killers and um, problematic element <laughs> problematic elephants. Christ, Jesus, really? That's I did not see that coming. <laughs> If there, Probably, if there was if there was one large land-bound mammal that I wasn't expecting to see, it was an elephant. Uh, uh, problematic elements before before too long. Yes, well, despite the fact I I, I enjoyed this uh, more than I thought I would when it when it first got going, I'm 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 not sorry to be returning to the mm. to the slightly uh, more esoteric esoteric isn't that bollocks the slightly the slightly more <laughs> outlandish. Sorry, yep. um, thrillers of uh, of of, uh, of, 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 of Yes, and so we, and so we must leave it behind. Oh, I, actually, one thing I did want to mention is we have, or I, I should say, have been very remiss in uh, everything that we've done thus far. Um, I don't think I've touched on much of the music and one of the great joys of. Oh yeah, this had Jally. An it had an excellent score. This one, yeah, really um, the great joys of Jally is is how. Uh, great and sort of crazy psychotronic a lot of the music is um, and I just wanted to pick up on this one particularly because um, Stelvio Cipriani um, the the theme to this and it's interesting that Jally quite often have musical scores that seem entirely at odds with the content mm. in that you know in an American thriller you would have you would you know they would be going you know mad with tritones and sort of scary chords and things like that and actually in italian uh thrillers you know and italian horror generally you'll quite often get um these sort of very you know pleasant and lyrical kind of jazzy you know sort of easy listening type uh certainly themes not necessarily during you know the, the um 
you know, murder scenes and stuff. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it but it is something that that comes up time and again. And this one has a great one because it's just got this sort of blah 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 blah. Oh, it, it does it does have a sting at some point. Uh, yes, where uh, um, the. Uh, the, the the DA is reading um, the the letter that she that sort of um, last warning whichever she gets the the anonymous the anonymous threatening letter and she and she reads to herself and it goes last ding and I was like last what now <laughs> <laughs> to, to rewind that and it was last ding was, was, you could you could have give, just given that a second unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> she puts it down on the ground on the, on the table and it says last word a warning right yep. that's what that's what it's <laughs> ah stelvio next time we enter the wild world of Spanish Jello. Wouldn't that be an Amarillo? As we join the legendary Paul Nashi in Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. Please join us. <laughs>